0: Hi guys, my name is Reedy. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi. All right. I made a couple notes for myself because um, <clears throat> I'm a compulsive person. <laughs> and I'm in recovery for that today. Um, I guess I just want to start first um, by saying welcome to the newcomers and the chip takers and the hug takers any birthdays that are out there um, my experience has been this program that you just keep coming back and really good stuff starts to happen and it's kind of magical um I'm going to do my best to try to track what it was like for me what happened and what it's like today but honestly um I think like the big the big things that were really at work here was this thing about a strange force or power bigger than myself that I really don't understand Um, But just becoming uh, honest about my powerlessness was a big step, becoming open-minded enough to consider the possibility that something bigger than me might be able to do a better job than I was doing, and being willing to turn all of my big ideas and thoughts over to something that had uh, my best interest at heart, Um, something that I came to define as God as I understand God, or what I call God as I don't understand God. my heart is racing. This microphone is freaking me out. I to say that. I was talking with a fellow before the meeting and I was just laughing because it's like, it's just ego, right? It's just ego. I want you guys to think that I'm, like, smart. And I want you guys to think that I have something to say and, like, I know something and aren't I great? And um, that's not what this is about. That's <laughs> so nice. In, in this area of life, that's not what this is about. Um, it's nice to kind of come into a place and it's like we are people who otherwise would not meet, but we come together with what um, we have in common, which is um, we are trying to live. We're like people who are surviving after a shipwreck. And I'm so grateful that I got to hit bottom in my life. I want to say that out loud. Like, hitting bottom was a good thing for me. Life got better after I got to smack the earth. And um, after I got to live in darkness, I got to appreciate, like, what it feels like to live in light again. And I've been living in abstinence and restoring, uh, restoring my light, I don't know how to put it, for the last eight years. And I'm so, so grateful to Overeaters Anonymous for helping me with that. Well, I came in eight years ago. Let's start there. Actually, eight years ago, almost, almost to the day, um, my, my bottom bottom was Thanksgiving eight years ago. It was sort of like i was i've been like prepping to maybe think about coming into oa for about two years because things were just getting worse and worse and worse but i am a stubborn person oh by the way they, they say no swearing so my every word in my head is like the f word and i'm like don't say that don't say that So if i pause for a minute that's what's happening um <laughs> First three choices are no. <laughs> um, so, you know, I came in eight years ago kicking and screaming. I did not want to think that I was like those people, you people. Mm-hmm. You're the ones with the problem. It didn't occur to me until I was really finally in here that actually you were the people with trying to find a solution. That the problem, if I wanted to stay in the problem, I could easily do that out there. It's everywhere. Every bit of my teaching, every bit of my history, every bit of my ancestry, it's all perfectly designed to make me nuts with this exact issue, and um, that was great for as long as that worked, and if I wanted to get better, I came in here, but that was a real reframe because I really thought that you guys had the problem and that all I needed to do was lose some weight and I'd be fine. Um, so I didn't come in with a lot of insight, which was humbling because I tend to think of myself as a bright person and an insightful person, and I did not get it when it came to this stuff. Um, Oh, which was probably good. I think, I I, I I would say that. The fact that I didn't get it was, I think, probably the first step in humbling me because I was so wrapped up in my ego. This was, for me, this is a real disease of, of ego. I mean, that's what it comes down to for me. Um, what you think of me or what I think you might think of me or what others are thinking about what you think of me, recall, It really recall, comes back to me. And that's what I care about. And, um, and... And I got so twisted and warped because of that. And it showed up in food. It showed up in body. It showed up in diet and exercise. It showed up in basically every area of my life, way beyond just eating and exercising. I mean, it showed up in my friendships. It showed up in my relationships with other people and in my work. It was just, it was just, I was, I couldn't, it got to the point with this disease that I couldn't leave the house because I was so, I mean, what was I going to wear? this didn't fit or that wasn't gonna thing and I, I couldn't leave the house like there was nothing else going on in the world except for my vanity and um, this is a disease you just die really slowly from and that sucks because I think if I were to spend a night binging on booze I'd probably get in the car and I'd probably kill myself or somebody else and in this disease, I might spend a night binging on food or self-hatred or whatever else is going on. And then what I do is I just sit there in isolation and start to just rot inside. And my spirit just rots and darkens little by little. And it just takes so long to die from this disease. And that really pisses me off. Because I think some people get off a little easier. And I got to live with it for, you know, 26 or 27 years. And it was um, horrible. I'm so grateful I found these rooms. Because when I got in here, it's like, I got to, like, I, I don't know how I felt when I got in here because I was really numbed out. Honestly, I was totally numbed out. I didn't know what my story was. I wasn't relating to anybody. I didn't really get what was going on and all this. Sh- I, I didn't really get what was going on and I just was suddenly like a little bit at peace just thinking, those people are doing okay, um, so I guess I'll keep coming back. And that was a good enough reason to keep coming back. And that let my ego kind of calm down, that, like, I could let go of control or understanding or mastery. There was no chance I was going to be masterful at this. I learned that right away. And I could just sort of, like, let things happen. And that was, I think, also the beginning of, like, my spiritual awakening, was, like, I could let things happen as they happen. I didn't have to be in charge of them. That was something I could be powerless over, and I was okay admitting powerlessness over what happened. Um, And it was really clear to me that I was powerless over my disease and I describe my disease because um, I've had all these different aspects aspects. not enough. new defects <laughs> I've had all these aspects of this disease I have the overeating I have the Compulsive dieting. I have the bulimic exercising, and then I have just this mind that is just wired this way, so that even when it's not in that realm, I'm still doing all this stuff. My perfectionism, my judgment, my self-righteous indignation, and my anger, and all of my ego stuff, and all of that that just makes my life shitty. Sorry. <laughs> Progress, not perfection. <laughs> um, so you know, I think for me where it started, I think the the food came later, honestly. The food, the food was what got me in here, right? Because m- my vanity was finally being attacked. So long as I was kind of thin, I didn't care how crazy I was. Mm-hmm. But when I was um, kind of the mo- I spent the most amount of time being sick, chasing the high that came from thinness. Mm-hmm. That's my drug. Oh, yeah. There it is, right? You lose some weight. If you lose a little more and people look at you and you feel powerful and validated and you're, you're you're on top of the world, there is no better high on this planet for me than the high with thinness. And I chased that dragon for my whole life. Um, I have to catch myself, even today in recovery, even eight years in, I have to remind myself, like, that is not my business today. That Chasing that thinness never got me what I wanted. In fact, when I came in, I had to really admit that after all those years of chasing thinness, what I got was about 40 to 50 pounds overweight. That's what it resulted in. So that was humbling. That's how much I knew, you know. Um, So it's taken, and it's taken me a long time to let the body do what the body's going to do. My recovery, I can see today in retrospect, although frustrating at the time, I can really see that my recovery had to come uh, because it's a three-pronged program, right? Physical, emotional, and spiritual. I think that my higher power was like, take that physical recovery and let's just put it over here for a while because we're not going to touch that because you have spent your whole life trying to get thin, and now that you're a little heavy. You're not suddenly going to get thin because you're going to, A, both, you'll be done with that way, and, B, you're not going to be any happier, and, you, you know, you should have left because nothing would have happened. So I think the physical recovery just sort of got moved away from me, and instead I got to focus on my emotional health and my spiritual recovery, and that seemed to be the right order for me, um, even though that's not the order that I wanted it to be. Um, yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. So the emotional recovery at the beginning, I think I could sort of get behind. You know, Um, I'm I'm sort of trained to sort of think about our emotional life in in a certain way. So I, I could sort of get behind that, and I knew coming in that my Spiritual thing that I didn't know what to call I knew that had a wound in it and I guess that's really what I want to talk about today it's November it's the 11th month it's the 11th step this thing about seeking through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand God this is like this tough part of this program you know because I, I came in with a lot of God wound. You know, that, that G word was a bad word. That word got used against me. That word got corrupted. That word came to mean a lot of things that I actually didn't fundamentally believe in. And I thought that meant I didn't believe in God. It, that, what I came to figure out for myself is that I just didn't believe in those concepts of God. And I have no idea what God is or isn't, and I don't care today. What I know is that when I develop a healthy relationship with a concept that I can palate, my life gets better. When I can start, be, like, living with... Um, the uncertainty of that faith comes with, I can just say, okay, imaginary friend God, I feel like a lunatic talking to you, but can you help me out with this or that? And help comes. When I pray for serenity to accept the things I cannot change, it works. I I don't know why. Does that mean that God? I don't know. I don't care. I am not here to talk anybody into that God exists. I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that my life gets better when I take these steps, you know? And these steps when I came in... My, the, admitting my powerlessness, I have to imagine that that felt somewhat of like, like a relief on some level. Um, the, the principle of honesty certainly felt like a relief because I was lying to myself a lot and feeling very demoralized as a result. Um, you know, like hiding food and like sneaking it in weird places. Like, that just has a deleterious effect on my self-esteem, you know. So getting to be honest in here really worked. Becoming open-minded enough to, like, deal with this thing called god you know um that really helped and 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 the the principle of willingness i think really really helped i want to keep repeating that that's as much as i know about this program honesty open-mindedness willingness done right so you know i think when i finally came in it was the spiritual healing that was the missing piece because i had been in a lot of therapy and i had been on a lot of diets and those just weren't the right pieces And when I started actually having to go back in my history and go, oh, that God stuff is so lame, I hate that. I started to remember all the times that I felt hurt and angry and frustrated, and I realized that that was what was associated with that that word. And I got to, like, write about it. I got to talk about it in meetings, and I got to share it with others. And I was so blown away by what I did not expect to happen, which was I found that these rooms were the most, like, open, democratic place in the world where it's like I've ever been where like no one tells you what to think about this thing that we don't know anything about they just say god as you understand god go forth figure it out you know whatever works for you so I think that gave me this like the space to like make it okay to um start up that relationship that I had when I was younger you know I grew up um with some religion um which I ultimately um found didn't work for me let's put it that way um but there was this one part of religion that I liked which was the part when all the BS stopped and you just got really quiet and you got to talk to God as you understood God from when you were like a five-year-old and that relationship um which I think I was like embarrassed about um that relationship actually is funny. I think I sort of picked up where I left off. But then I was like, yeah, but now I have a 5 year old relationship with God. So um, it was also, again, another, like, round of, like, humility. But um, I think that's just where it started with me. I just got to, I got to be quiet and say, kind of like, hello, God, are you there? It's me or me. I mean, that's kind of, like, where it started. <laughs> and... The weirder part was when God was like, hey, I know you. Where you been? Good to see you. You know, it turns out, like, my concept of God that had been really disturbed and distorted about, like, my badness because I'm gay or, like, my badness because I left religion or my, I don't know, all the, oh, boy, whatever shameful thing that I got my way into, it was, like, It turned out when I actually started talking with a God of my understanding, that wasn't my God's values at all. And um, I was sort of surprised at how, like, I thought it was, like, to be a good girl meant to get, like, really tight. Like, that was, like, my big part of being an OA was, like, I was really uptight. I thought that made me like together and I was sort of surprised like God wasn't nearly as tightly wound as I was and it concerned me because like how would things get done if we weren't managing it and then it was like <laughs> by the way I'm looking at this sign behind Monica it's like life is beautiful it's beautiful to keep looking at it because life is beautiful right and like I didn't make that happen you know, um, that's something bigger than me that I don't understand. And so as much as I think I have to be really tight and manage everything, actually it's all going on all around me all the time. And all I, I get to do is just sort of, like, be a part of it. I can either be a part of the good in this world or I can choose not to be a part of the good in this world. Either way, my concept of a higher power is that I'm loved either way. But I'll tell you, the the my um, my life, like, where it matters, like at, a very, at a very practical level, which is where I deal with spirituality, at a very practical level, like... Um, my life just gets better when I choose to be um, part of the good on this planet. So, like, when someone asked me to speak, I was like, no, I'm not going to speak. No, I'm not going to. And I was like, sure, I'll be there. Sure. sure. When, when should I be there? Where and what? You know. Or, you know, um, my, I was visiting family recently and family can be tough. I'm not the first to figure that one out. I know this is recorded. So, but, you know, family can be tough. <laughs> I love them. But it's like everything in my head is like, they're wrong this is bad like do something and instead it's like that's not my problem that is someone else's problem S.E.P. you know that's someone else's problem I can can like not I don't have to deal with it I was walking to my car today and someone was walking their dog and let their dog just take a just poop on the sidewalk and I was like someone should control this and it's like it's not my problem I don't have to control those people let their dog shit you know, it's not my problem. I am not the one who needs to put... Pla- oh, I did it again. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, the, I, that was how I was going in the world. The symptom of, like, food and body was all I could really see. Like, all the, like food and calories and body and exercise and managing and blah, 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 blah. I had no idea how I was being outside of it. When all that big ticket item stuff got listed pretty early on in program for me, just... Just like, the, just like all the big swings. Like, no more binging, right? We're not going to binge anymore. That's probably not good for you. And some of those binge foods, you probably don't ever have to have a relationship with them. So let, let's get rid of that. Like, and, oh, the, that, that, little, cute little, <laughs> that cute little form of bulimia that you had that you didn't know you had, where it's like, you know, you're undoing with exercise what you did with food. Yeah, that's called exercise bulimia, and we don't have to do that anymore. And, oh, that, all those years and years of dieting. You're done with that, too. And the, that was my early abstinence, right? No binging, no dieting, no bulimia. Fair, right? Fair? So that got lifted, and life started to change a lot. And then, then I got to see how truly nuts I am, because that's, there's a reason that I'm doing all that weird shit. <laughs> that's not like, oh, I woke up today. I thought, hmm, what should I do? Be, be a lunatic, right? It's like no, no, no. I was doing that for a reason. There was something that was like that was like feedback I was getting, and I just didn't understand it. So once that was listed I could sort of see, and it's like, oh, because I want to control every person I see and their dog and where they poop. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I remember early on in recovery, I was painting one of the rooms in my house. Look at this, and I was, you know, you get like put tape on the parts you don't want to think? And so I'm ripping the tape, and I'm brand new in program, thinking I'm not like those people still, haha. Uh-huh. So I'm like ripping tape, and I realize I'm ripping every single piece of tape in the most compulsive, obsessive manner. I'm like having to get the edges right; each one has to be sort of like a similar length. And I'm trying to like paint the walls, but there can be no paint on the walls until we get the tape up, and we can't get the tape up because we're spinning in our head about the size and shape of each piece of tape. And I went, oh. I might have a problem. You know, this isn't about food. You know, I came in here because the biggest system was about food and body. That was clear. That was kicking my butt. And I, every time I went up against it, I lost. And I was just sick and tired of losing. My ego couldn't take it anymore, which is good. My vanity couldn't take it anymore, which is good. I'm glad I had those defects in place because it meant at some point I would give up. And I did, roughly eight years ago, almost to the day so this time of year is always really weird for me because it reminds me of those times when I was so sick it reminds me of that last round with food it reminds me of like the, the darkest my life ever got it reminds me of bottom which at the time I would not have been grateful for it's only with 8 years of retrospect that I think the best thing ever happened to me where am I on time who's my timer it's 20 minutes left I've been talking there's still 20 minutes left goodness okay Hmm. how is that possible okay (laughs) the other thing that I thought when I got up here I thought of all the things that were racing in my head and my my heart was racing because I was so nervous and then when I got up to the microphone I thought why didn't I go to the bathroom first? That's all I can think of is, is, is like, the F word and the bathroom, and I have nothing left of recovery to share. That's, that's how my mind does not work for me, and that is why I need a higher power. Like, I just need to, like, take a minute and be like, all right, I don't... I've been working all day, my mind's kind of fried. Like, hang on. My job is to be a channel of God's peace and try to bring a message of hope and recovery. That's it. I don't need you guys to learn my gospel or anything like that. Um, well, let me talk about the m- more of the steps and how it works. So, that's always been helpful for me just to sort of like be walk through it, especially for the newcomers and in your first 30 days. you so brave and awesome. So, I came in, as I said, kicking and screaming. It took my therapist a couple of years to get me in and uh, I actually met my therapist at my first meeting because I would not go unless I was like attached to his arm Um, and it was it was a a weird meeting I didn't know anyone the woman who was sharing was an older woman so I didn't like visually recognize myself in her and she was wearing a big crucifix around her neck and she was talking about God and I was like I am so out of here I don't know what is wrong with you people and I went outside to go smoke my cigarettes because I was still like you know collar up very guarded and smoking and just couldn't like sit still and had all this addict energy and this older woman came up to me and she was so nice I didn't like have nice grandparents in my life so this was real unique experience and she was so nice and she was like are you okay honey and I was like yeah i'm fine i was like crying and smoking and like giggling and i was just like had energy everywhere and she was like did you you know she's like um she's like did you want to talk about it and i was like no it's fine i'm okay i'm okay because like i couldn't ask for help i had too much pride wrapped up in it i just couldn't i just couldn't say anything and i went back inside eventually just in time random randomly I i still say randomly By some force, I don't understand, which I sometimes call random. Mm -hmm. By the power of random, I went back inside and this woman was about to raise her hand to speak. And I thought, oh, there's my buddy. She's going to speak. I wonder what she's going to say. It turned out this very nice woman who was like worried and taking care of me had like just lost her husband. And she shared about the pain of her grief and what was going on in her life and how she was showing up for it with dignity and with serenity. And honoring her feelings, and honoring their love and their marriage. And I thought I can't handle it if my fucking pants don't fit. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And and this woman is going through something I can't even imagine, and she's doing it with like this thing I think they call it grace. I you know, and I I think it was because of that woman that I kept coming back. Um, I thought, yeah, I think I'd like that. I think I, I, th- I, think I want to have grace in my life. That, like when things happen, I want to be the kind of person who can handle them. And with my current skill set and my current little box of tools, it wasn't cutting it. Because when things would happen, I'd be like smoking or shoving something else in my mouth or thinking about dieting or when you were talking I was thinking about me or when something bad happened I'd have to like pretend to be okay and handle it and be very high functional and then I'd have to go home and binge my brains out because I was overwhelmed by my feelings so that was not real strengthening for me I can see that today and I can also see that that was a good part of step one is I could just without shame just admit with clear seeing obviously this is something I'm powerless over like how obvious is that? took me 26 or 27 years but like how clear is that i love how step two was explained to me coming to believe there's something bigger than us that can restore us to sanity the way it was explained was about first coming then coming to and then coming to believe and that was very true for me um i think if i had to come in here and like take the big compulsive overeater big bite of this program like I like to take everything in life just take it all in I, would, I wouldn't have been able to I had to really digest it slowly little by little first I had to just come then I had to come to kind of wake up and then I had to then I, and then I could come to believe and um, when I finally took my third step and made a decision in my life like okay I am like you people and I do have this thing and I don't really like it, but I get that I'm not in charge of it, so, okay, <laughs> big air quotes, God, uh, help a sister out, you know, and that was step three, and I, I remember um, I was trying to do my step two and three, I remember um, coming out of a Sunday morning meeting in West Hollywood, and I was talking with someone about all the, all the God Wound, You know? Just, like, all that wound material. (laughs) Just, like, festering, unhealed wound that made me so angry and agnostic and atheistic and rageful. And I remember I was, like, talking... I I, I would, like, do things, like... I was working at a bar at the time to make some extra money. I remember, like, there was a pool table there. And so, like, sometimes after work, I would, like, line up a shot. And I'd be like, Okay, God. (laughs) If if you're really there, then I'll make the shot. And then, like, I'd make the shot. And I'd be like, oh, that's ridiculous. And then that would happen, or, or, like, or like, I'd crumble up the paper. And I'd be like, look a that trash can. All right, if I make this shot. Because I'm not really a basketball player. I'm really not very good at pool. So it would make sense that, like, something bigger than me would take place. Because I really probably couldn't get it in the basket. Like, those are not my skills in this life. So then I remember talking to a friend after a meeting. And I was telling her, like, all these weird things that were happening, like, the balls were going in, like, things were happening, like, I didn't really get it, and then, as we were talking about it, and, oh, my friend, she said, um, she goes, look, I don't know what to make of all that stuff, she's like, the thing is, you don't have to know either, but we just think, like, is it possible that it's not, not all on you, and I was like, it's possible that it's not all <laughs> And then the weirdest thing happened because we were—I was like—I was like—I kind of had my tail between my legs at that point. I kind of had to surrender, you know. It it, it made sense. And then this like—I kid you not—it was sort of like a weird night, like like today. It was just like it was all cloudy and lousy out, and then all of a sudden there was this clearing in the clouds and this like total (laughs) light that came through, and I went, oh. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> fine. Just stop it with the, like, theatrics. I can't take it anymore. Fine, I, fine. 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 I'm willing I'm willing to concede the possibility that I am not the most powerful force in the universe. Fine. And the theatrics, thank God, it came to an end. Um, making a searching and fearless moral inventory of myself was one of the best gifts I ever gave myself. It was painful. It was hard. I didn't like it. But it was one of the best things I ever did for myself. Um... Uh, when I got to turn that over in step five and admit to God and to myself and to another human being the exact nature of all of my resentment and fears and regrets and shame and all the crap I'd been holding on to, all the things that had been filling me, which is why I came in 50 pounds overweight when I finally got to like let some of that go, I think uh, that started to be like a shift for me Um, when I started to see my part, you know um, that happens in step five, you start to see your part, you start to see, like, your defects of character. Um, man, that was good. I actually keep my defects of character in nearby me at all times, A, by being human, and <laughs> B, by having them in my phone. And they're just there. Like, they're not, it's not shameful anymore. Like, yeah, I'm self-centered. Yep, perfectionistic. Yeah, I'm really negative and critical. hmm very self-righteous, got a lot of indignation in me. Mm, I have a lot of self-pity. Oh, in, they're all just there. And now I just know them. And when they come into my life, I just say, hello, old friend. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I think, you know, I take the seven-step prayer. And I ask, I ask God, as I do not understand God, to replace them. That would be, that would allow me to be more useful, of more useful service on this earth. You know, and that seems like a pretty decent prayer. So, for example, like, my stubbornness that was the thing that kept me from being in here in the 12 steps in this program was on like stubbornness if we transform it can be transformed into like perseverance and I think it was I think that was happening in my life like what was once just like a big stubborn block like I will not go in there and I am not those people have the problem and not me and all that just closed mindedness and stubbornness I think that same perseverance is what kept getting me through the steps and keep coming back and whatever When I got to make my list of people I wanted to make amends to, that was healing. When I got to make the amends, that was healing. Every step in this program has just helped me heal. Every, like, layer deeper and deeper. Such that, you know, today, eight years in, it's like, why do I keep coming back? Honestly, on most days, I don't think about food and body today, which is a lot of mental energy I get to use on other things. So my life keeps getting better and bigger, but that means that I have to keep growing in order to handle it. So I keep coming back, because I keep needing to grow. Because the, what happens for me when I sort of stall out in my emotional, spiritual growth is I just start to get fat. That's what happens for me. My body will let me know when I need to grow by growing <laughs> in the wrong way. And it's humbling every time. If I put on a, little, a couple extra pounds, that's my, what I now understand is my higher power, as I do not understand my higher power, way of saying, <clears throat> maybe you're having some feelings and maybe there's something going on and unless I ring the vanity bell, you're not going to hear me. So now I'm going to ring the vanity bell. Mm-hmm. And um, we have that agreement that, that I still need that. I have not yet agreed that I don't, that I've evolved so far that I don't need that, apparently. One day I hope to be that evolved. Not today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, so I, I keep coming back because, you know, step 10, 11, and 12. I continue to take my personal inventory. I continue to admit when I'm wrong. I continue to be a seeker. Um, I continue to try to pass on um, the freedom, like the peace and freedom that I get in this program um, to others who are still suffering. I cannot tell you how grateful I am that I hit bottom, that I found my way into these rooms, that I got to meet you guys. I have to build the community of recovering fellows around me to watch their lives get better. I mean, you talk about it in the big book, you know. It's just It blows my mind. Really, I mean to watch to watch people I love get better and to even though it's hard to give myself like that same credit, I know like that's also happening for me um, and sometimes I get little little bits of like, oh yeah, that is different so like this last this last week, I came back from visiting family, and um, I think I mentioned that there there's some tough moments there, and i what was weird was like. I think it was because of the 11th step, you know. I think it's because of prayer and meditation that I could, like, pause and not react in a certain way. And today I still have access to my beautiful nieces, which I think if I had responded the way that my impulsivity and compulsivity would have wanted me to respond, I might not have to get a relationship with them. Um, And instead I got to, like, pray about, you know, just... Help me. Help me through the, these weird moments and love my family. And uh, we made it through the trip. It's a weird trip, but we made it through. And I didn't leave. I don't, I don't owe anybody any amends, which is always a win. <laughs> Having done a lot of nights of amends, if I don't have to rack up any more, I'm happy um i don't owe anybody any amends i didn't make a big mess i didn't ruin any relationships and i didn't eat over it i didn't beat myself up over it and i wasn't perfectionistic and shaming about it and i didn't yell at anybody else and like transfer it i literally just because of the 11 steps got to practice what i've learned in this program which is how to breathe how to pause how to ask for help and how to find my gratitude. You know, my, the, my, the two, the, I think what got me over my big um, stubborn hump spiritually was someone shared with me early on that really the two most important prayers in this program, help me, help me, help me, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I thought, I can get behind that, you know. And I, I think that's just how I got through that trip was I just kept saying help me, and the help kept coming. And then, when, and then I kept saying thank you. And then more relief would come. And then I kept just strengthening that. And then I—it's like we got to make it through this trip. And you know, my friends— that's not how my family operates. We—we we are not peace seekers. <laughs> we're not that evolved. Um, we are um, serious intellectuals with lots of degrees, and we attack things with our minds. Like that is what we do. And um, oh, and we're—we're we're smarter than everybody else, right? We're all that kind of stuff. And uh, we're right and in here I get to let go of being right and I get to be happy and that's a real miracle of this program so thanks for letting me share there's more time so if anybody has questions I'd love to be a service and answer the right hand Um, what do you do today to work your program good question Um, the question is what do I do today to work my program well most specifically when someone calls me and says can you lead I say yes even though every instinct in my body is to say mm-hmm. no that's a big one contrary action my first thought usually is not the most winning thought I've learned for me it's very humbling but um, my first thought is usually something about um, just like a reflex to like defend myself because I think like the world's unsafe and that's um, actually not true um, so I usually got a um kind of pause. I feel like, like like hitting the pause button has been a huge tool in my life. I am without a sponsor right now. I want to get clean about that. My sponsor and I um, separated a few months back. So I've been without a sponsor, which has been a little weird. What that's made me do is it's made me call more fellows, make more outreach calls, take more service positions. So I have a service position at one meeting and a regular clinic at another one, and I say, yeah, this kind of stuff. I meditate every day. I pray almost every day. I do a lot of writing. The tool of writing, oh my God, in this program, lifesaver. You know, I got on a plane to go to Portland, and every time I get on the plane, I take my little stupid journal, and I think, oh, tools of this program are so annoying. But I take it out, and I write out, like, all of my expectations and my fantasy version of how it's going to be to see my family and all the unicorns and beauty we're all going to have. And I get really clear about my fantasy, and then I get really clear on um, how to get, like, life on life terms. So I can go in at the right level because um, I'm always expecting. That's one of my, one of my top defects of character is I just have these un uh, I was gonna say ungodly, but but they're are just these hugely irrational expectations of the world constantly that I'm up against. So getting to kind and of get clean about that is um, is really helpful. And I make I have five or six sponsees who I speak to on a regular basis. Um, I have a a community that I've built by doing uncomfortable things like saying to people after meetings, hey, do you want to go grab dinner? And then having to, like, look at a menu with other compulsive eaters present and not isolate with food, but actually, like, let people into that process. That was healing. I still do that today. Um, basically, I think it's, like, these, like, little things in my life. Like, just, like, a little thing. Like, saying, um, like, writing on a Post-it, like, um, speaking tonight at meeting and just folding it up and putting it in what I call the God box and being able to like turn that over you know that's helpful um, and also I I mean the 11 step prayer is really good because it means like I'm just here to be of service so every day I would say today life is much more just about like help me be of service make me a channel of your peace and that's how I work my program is just to know like it's not my job to be like thin it's not my job to be liked. Um, it's my job to be of service on this earth. And um, that will determine the quality of my life, which is very different than my upbringing teaches me. I think it's about being thin. So, like, to actually have, like, some substance behind that feels a lot better. Hmm. How much time from the point that the vanity bell gets rung to when I, like, surrender? Yeah. Depends how much pain I want to be in. You know? I think I used to have a much higher pain threshold. I just don't have it today. So, if I, today, you know, I'll tell you, like, today, eight years, um, feels like um, once those pants get tight, I go, oh, time to start getting honest about my food. Let me make sure I'm committing my food and getting honest and clear about it and I'm accountable for every bite that I take because I like to sneak and lie. So... Not that long these days, but the good news is, like, that's, that's the improvement. I mean, there was a time where I just had to stay that way for a long time because that was what I needed, you know. But um, I've learned in this program it is not my job to suffer needlessly. I thought that was like a virtue. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I grew up with, you know. It's valuable to be a martyr. And now it's like this is suffering that is needless. There is a solution to this problem, and it is called Overeaters Anonymous. So I get my butt back right in, and it, 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 it fixes. Yeah, for me. Thank you for letting me share.